I am thankful for our veterans, aren't you? Woo. That's moving. And uh, let's give them another round of applause. They deserve it. Thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for sacrificing. Thank you for defending our freedoms. We, uh, we, we love you and we appreciate you and we pray for you. Pray for God to bless your families. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to be thankful, right? That's one. Uh, there's so many reasons to be thankful. Last week we talked about being thankful for the cross of Christ. And, uh, you know, there's so many things to be thankful for. I was thankful for the, the, just the uh, response last week uh, about the trip to Israel. There's so many people that want to go and uh, be a part of that. We had 70-something people come in there for the meeting that want to be a part of that trip. And you know, if you want to be a part of it, you, can, you still can. Uh, it's just uh, we may have to have two buses over there, which is kind of cool. But, uh, but I thought that was awesome. And people wanting to know, you know, wanting to go where the, these scriptures that we read to, to see where all this took place and uh, to be able to see where the cross uh, took place, to see where Jesus uh, died, bled out his precious blood for our sins and uh, be able to go to those places and walk where he walked, kind of cool. And so I'm thankful for, for that, the opportunity to go and be a part of that. I'm thankful for the food that was given to uh, Journey Feeds last week. I think we had like 385 pounds that were donated last week. You can continue to give to that. Uh, throughout this month, we'll be taking up uh, things for that. And uh, just thankful for a lot of things, right? That's, that's what the season can be. It can be a time for us to, to choose to be thankful and to give thanks and, uh, and to maybe focus on the right things rather than the wrong things. There's so many things that we could focus on that are negative, could take us down the wrong path. And, and I would just say this to many of us in the room, this, this season can do those things to us. Uh, we can, it can cause us to become anxious. It can cause us to become uh, worried uh, because uh, maybe of losses that have happened, maybe loved ones that have passed on. But this season can also be something that kind of lifts our spirits and be something that takes us to another level. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with our choices. And so today I want us to focus uh, on uh, something else to be thankful for. As we talked about last week, the cross of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for the cross, but I'm also thankful for the resurrection. You can't do the cross uh, to me without the resurrection. So I'm thankful for the resurrection of Jesus. And that may be, you know, sound crazy. Hey, you know, we're teaching on this. You know, isn't that like the Easter type season type stuff? But man, I, you know, this is every day. This is what we, pro, you know, we boast in. We boast in the cross of Christ. And uh, we talk about the power of the resurrection. And uh, we've been praying this morning uh, for lost people to walk through our doors. We've been praying for lost people to dial in and, you know, to, to join us online. And that they may hear about the power of the resurrection today. They would hear about the love of God, you know, that his son would go to the cross for us, but also the power of God that he redeems us from those broken lives and those, those, that death. So we go from death unto life, just like Jesus did. And so today we're going we're gonna to unpack that. And hopefully as we walk out of here, man, we're thankful for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we choose to be, right? We choose to be, to give thanks for that. And so a couple things, the word gra uh, gratitude is derived from the Latin word uh, gratia, which means grace, graciousness, or gracefulness, uh, gratefulness, uh, depending on the, uh, the context. And so it's an attitude of gratitude, right? We're choosing to, to be grateful. Um, it says gratitude is a thankful appreciation. So in other words, it's a, it's a, it has a seasoning, if you will, of thankfulness uh, in it. And we have this heart of gratitude, and we're, 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 grat we're, we're grateful for what God has done. We're grateful for the cross. We're grateful, you know, for the uh, resurrection. But we're grateful for the veterans that have, have uh, defended our, our, our faith and have defended our nation, defended our freedoms. Man, we, we're faithful. I mean, we're thankful for those things. So gratitude is a thankful appreciation for what an individual receives, whether tangible or intangible. With gratitude... People acknowledge, and I think it's important that we acknowledge, we take the time. You know, we have a, 
uh, a pre- I had a president that literally set aside a, a special day called Thanksgiving to give thanks. And it's a national uh, holiday. Acknowledge the goodness of God in their lives and give thanks. So it's something we ought to do. We need to take time to do that. And we don't need to just do it one uh, you know, Thursday out of uh, November once a year. It needs to be daily that we choose to give thanks. And, and, and what it will do is it'll change our whole perspective on life. You know, we, we need to be giving thanks for the things that God has done. I mean, a lot of us had a warm bed to sleep in last night. You know, some of us need to give thanks that it is cold outside. It's supposed to be. It's November, right? I mean, it's supposed to be cold. That's kind of a healthy thing for it to be cold outside. And we need that. And so we give thanks for those things. And we give thanks for, you know, being able to gather and to worship and to be able to uh, sing songs back to God and to give thanks to God for what he's done. We give thanks for an empty tomb. And so I'm thankful for the resurrection of Jesus. So I want us to kind of unpack a few uh, verses today, but we want to start with the resurrection. And, uh, and, I, and so I love uh, this passage out of Matthew here. Uh, for me as a kid, this is one of my favorite, favorite ones. It says, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. So here's the thing we need to understand. We talked about it last week. The cross, the crucifixion has taken place. Jesus died. There's no denying that Jesus died. You know, there was a, a soldier that came with a spear and literally ran his spear into the side of Jesus. And it says that blood and, and water poured forth out of the rock. Jesus was in the rock. And, and so Jesus literally died. He had, he had breathed his last breath. And so he was laid, he was taken down off that, that cross and he was laid in a borrowed tomb. And, and so we know, you know that took place. These ladies, they knew that took place. The disciples knew that took place. Witnesses everywhere watched this happen. They knew this took place. They say they know that the cross has happened. They and a lot of them think, hey, you know what? We're done with this Jesus guy. It's it's done. It's behind us. We won't have to deal with this anymore. You know, they were trying to snuff this whole teaching out called the way. And those who were followers of Jesus, and for many of them, they were struggling, going, Is this it? Was that it? Even though they had walked with Jesus, he had taught them, he had told them, he had shared with them, they struggled. They needed to see some things. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. And so for me as a kid, I, I love this passage right here, the scripture, because it's almost like a you know, superhero type deal. Like, you know, so here are these, these guards that are guarding the tomb. And then, man, literally this angel comes down, man, with all this power, with all this authority, and he just rolls the stone away, just rolls aside the stone like it ain't nothing. And then he sits on it, which is kind of cool. It's almost like a show of power and authority. You know, and so he literally rolls it aside, sits on top of it, and you're going like, dude, that is awesome. You know, so as a little kid, I thought that was the coolest thing. So as an adult, I still think it's the coolest thing. You know what I mean? I think that is awesome. That's a show of authority. Like, this can't stop me. I mean, nothing's going to stop God. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. So not only do, you know, did I see, do I see it that way, but these guys saw it that way. They saw it, and man, they just collapsed. They literally fold, right? And so here's this authority and this power from heaven that has come down and has got a message for these ladies. And, and so to me, it's just a, it's an exciting, powerful moment that you see there. And like I said, whenever I read scripture, I read something, I get a, I get a visual. I get a, a word picture in my mind of what that looks like. And so I can, I can see all this happening. It says, then the angel spoke to the women, don't be afraid. So these guys, these guards, these big tough Roman soldiers literally collapse in, in, in a dead faint. But the women are still standing there and he says, hey, listen, don't be afraid. So this angel with all this authority still has that, that comforting word, right? Don't be afraid. 
don't be afraid. Just kind of calms the situation. He said, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. So the angel doesn't deny that Jesus died on the cross. He affirms it. He says, hey, I know what you're looking for. I know what you're searching for. And, And so God speaking through this angel is just comforting them. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying. So the the angel, this messenger, is saying, hey, listen, he's not here. He is risen from the dead. He's alive. And, and, you know, just like he said he would. So Jesus told them, right? They knew this. They heard this. But it was one of those things, you know, sometimes, you know, when we hear things, it's it's tough to believe it. We got to see it. And sometimes we even think, hey, well, if I could just touch or see or feel, maybe it would change something. But Jesus said, blessed are those who believe even whenever they're told. That we believe because, not because we can touch it or see it or feel it, but we believe because the Word of God says it. You know, and so when we lean into that, it changes things. So come see where his body was lying. And now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. And remember what I've told you. So he's telling these, these ladies, hey, listen, I want you to go tell these guys, the guys that are hiding, the guys that are kind of huddled up in a room out of fear that the Roman soldiers are going to come after them. They're going to be crucified. They're worried about all that. Just tell them, hey, they're going to see him. And so he's telling them, hey, you're going to see him. So the women ran quickly from the tomb, and they were very frightened but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. So think about just the, what, what just took place in them. So these ladies, they're coming there to kind of, a, you know, to anoint the body or put something there, flowers, just showing reverence, honor, if you will, for the body of Christ. This was their leader. This was their Lord. And they get there, they have this encounter with the angel, everything changed, the stones rolled away, you know, the guards are laying there, they're, they're, they're stretched out, you know, they're done. And, and, and then the angel tells them, hey, listen, don't be afraid, go tell the guys, go tell the disciples, they will see him. They will see him. And so they're excited. And so can you, I don't, I don't know if you remember the last time you experienced excitement like this, but maybe, you know, maybe you thought, hey, something was dead, but you know, you think, you know, I mean, there's no chance that this relationship's over, this marriage is over, whatever it might be. And you go, you know what, but God shows up. And then all of a sudden you see that, you know what, you know what God is at work here. You, this child that's the prodigal that keeps wandering off and you go, you know what, never going to happen. And all of a sudden there's this life change that takes place because Jesus changes everything, right? We said that last week. Jesus changes everything. He changes us from the inside out. And so can you imagine the excitement, the joy? It says that they were, they were with great joy. They were full of joy. They're so excited about this. And I don't know when the last time you experienced something like that, but when we focus on the things of God, we can experience that joy daily. We can get excited about what God is doing, what he's doing around us, what he's doing whenever we, we can't see everything that he's doing, but we can trust his heart, right? And we can experience that. And so they, they take off. It says, as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, they grasped his feet, and they worshiped him. So you can almost kind of picture that, that Jesus is there, and they see him, and they run to him, they just collapse at his feet, and they just start grabbing his feet and just worshiping the King of kings and, and Lord of lords. And they're the first to get to see him. They're the first to get to see him alive. And it impacts them. They're overflowing with great joy. And, and man, they worshiped him. Kind of like earlier, hopefully, hopefully we worshiped like that a while ago when we were singing songs, we were worshiping, we were imagining what it would be like to be in his presence, because you were. When we we're in his presence, man, we're worshiping and our focus is on him. And so then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to have, to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. And, and so I love this, you know, that we see that, that, that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, 
He's given these ladies just an extra measure, if you will. And so they've already been told. They're excited. They're taking off. And he meets them. And they said, hey, go tell the guys I'm coming to see them. And they'll see me there. And so Jesus is just, man, he's just just kind of throwing gas on it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know they were excited before. Now they've seen Jesus. They don't know what to do with themselves. You know what I'm saying? They're running. They're going there. And and they're probably, like me, I get excited. Man, I start talking fast. And I talk fast a lot, right? And I'm thinking, man, I can't imagine them trying to get that out. We just saw Jesus. I mean, they're excited about that. They're coming back. And the disciples are probably thinking, "What? what? We just saw him. I held onto his feet. I worshiped him. I mean, they can't get over this, you know. And so I can't imagine what that would be like. So here's what I'm saying. I'm thankful for the many witnesses of the resurrection. I'm thankful for those who have seen, who saw Jesus. And we're going to unpack some passages today that, that talk about that. You know, because a lot of us, you know, we've often thought maybe in our own minds. And I love the thing about Thomas. You know, Thomas says, you know, if I could put my hand in his hand or if I could put my hand in his side, then I'll believe. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of times we're that way. We call him Doubting Thomas, but a lot of times he is just realistic Thomas. That we're the same way. We're thinking, well, if I could see that guy healed, or if I could see that, that woman healed, or if I could put my hands in his hand, then I, maybe I would believe. Well, Jesus says, you know, that's weak faith. We've got to believe because God's Word has said it. And we've got to believe, trusting and believing that God loves us, He cares for us, He's provided a way of salvation through His Son, Jesus. Jesus went to the cross. We've got to believe that he died on the cross. We've got to believe in the power of the resurrection. And there's times we go, well, if I could just see it. But what if we could believe because of what we've heard? Because Jesus said, hey, those people, those will be commended. That's real faith. First Corinthians, this is Paul writing to the church at Corinth there. He says, I passed on to you what was most important and what has also been passed on to me. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He's made it clear, hey, listen, Jesus died. There's no getting around it. Just like we talked about last week with the cross, Jesus died on the cross. Now, you know, the, the, the followers wish that their leader maybe had a different plan because they're watching the beatings, they're watching the scourgings, they're watching the, the fake trials and the mock trials, and they're watching everything take place. So all these disciples are huddled up in a room out of fear of what might happen to them. And when Jesus appears to them, he literally just says, hey, peace be with you. The one thing they didn't have in that room was peace, and all of a sudden, they, they literally had the presence of God in the room with them. The peace of Jesus filled that room. And so Paul is saying this, hey, man, it's just as Scripture would say. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. So here's Paul talking about the people that saw him, that saw this and experienced this. So the, the, the ladies, you know, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, they see Jesus. You know, they see him on the road. And then Peter and John and all these guys sit and the other disciples, they all see this. So they've all experienced this, right? They, they see the power of the resurrection. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, there's all kinds of witnesses. People have seen this. And, and I, I, I love Paul, man. He's just one of my favorites. And then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. And last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I have also seen him. And so Paul has this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And Jesus goes, Paul, you know, why are you persecuting me? And and Paul falls to his feet and he literally bows down and he's blinded by this light. It was the light of the world. It was Jesus, right? 
And so his eyes are blinded, and so he has to go, and someone has to come and pray over him, and these scales fall off his eyes. And all of a sudden, Paul understands Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. G- Paul begins to understand, you know, the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection, and nothing can hold him back because he's changed forever. What he thought he was doing, he thought he was doing, you know, to protect what he had been raised to, to know and to believe, but he had missed the Messiah. And then he has an encounter with Jesus, and he says, man, like I was born at the wrong time. He goes, I got to see him. And he, became, he becomes this incredible missionary that takes the gospel everywhere, to the Gentiles, to everyone. And part of us sitting here today is because of what Paul did and because of what he, he experienced and saw. It changed him. And he started taking that message to anybody and everybody. And so I love that, that passage there out of Corinthians. And so I want to talk to, uh, today, I want us to look at this passage here. This is uh, Peter, and this is out of Acts. And so this is the early church. Uh, this is the, the accounts, if you will, or the actions, if you will, of the early believers, the early church. And so, so Peter and John, they're about to go in for a, a prayer session, if you will, in the afternoon. And so I, I want us to kind of look again that these guys, again, are witnesses, right? They've seen. They've, they've seen with their own eyes. They've experienced this. And so this, these same guys that were huddled up in the room are now become emboldened, if you will, emblazoned with the power of the gospel. And so Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. And as they approached the temple, a man came from birth. Uh, a man lame from birth uh, was being carried in. So this guy has been, been lame his whole life. And each day he was, put aside, he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate, so he could beg for the, for, from the people going into the temple. So this guy has been lame his whole life. So it's a man. It's not a little boy. This is a man. So for years and years and years, this has been his life. He would literally be taken, and some friends cared enough about him that they would take him and they would lay him down so that he could beg for money. And that was, that was his whole livelihood. That's how he provided for himself or had food to eat or whatever. He would lay there and beg. But he was lame. His legs, his, his legs were crippled or whatever. And so he would beg. And so everybody that would ever go to the temple saw him on a regular basis and they knew who he was. So there's a, you know, he was almost like a fixture, if you will. I mean, you knew who he was. So, so look at this. So when, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. And Peter and John looked at him intently. And Peter said, look at us. The layman looked at them eagerly expecting some money. Now, I love this passage here. It's, it's, it's funny to me. And so it says he looked at them intently. And so you wonder, you know, what kind of look did they have? Was it one of these where they're kind of walking, he, he begs, and all of a sudden they just kind of snap over and they look, you know, and do they give one of those serious looks? So what does that intently look? Is it like, like, do they have a smile on their face, but they're intently, they're, you know, they're looking at him. So they're intently looking at him, right? And he's looking up, he's kind of like, hey, man, what you got? What you got? You know, I, you know, if you got money, you got silver, you got gold. You know, and so he's thinking, hey, I'm getting something. At least these guys stop. At least they will look at me. And y'all know what that's like, right? Whenever you walk past a homeless person, you try not to look at them. Just be honest, right? That's what you do. I mean, somebody, if it's a beggar, you pull up to the light. Like, I'm not looking over there. I'm not looking over there. If I look over there, they'll walk up to my window. Just being honest is what you do, right? And, and so th- these guys stop and they look intently at him. And of course, he's like, hey, hey what, have, what have you got? And I, I, I love what Peter says here. He says, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Man, isn't that awesome? I mean, silver or gold, you know, that, that just comes and goes. I mean, it's like money. You know, money, you know, we get money, we, we, we spend money, or we lose money quickly, or taxes claim it, Right. You know, but the thing is, he said, man, I got something that money can't buy. But I got something that money 
you know, just can't touch. But man, faith, faith can change everything. Faith can change everything. Jesus changes everything. And so I love this. He says, but Peter said, I don't have silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have in the name of Jesus Christ, the powerful name of Jesus. The Nazarene, get up and walk. Now, for some people standing around, they may have thought that's rude or that's mean or they be, are they making a mockery of this guy. And you wonder, you know, what, what was he thinking when he heard that? What, what is this guy who's been, been crippled his whole life hears that when that comes out of Peter's mouth? Now, maybe because Peter was looking at him so intently and so passionately and maybe so powerfully that he believed that he was being healed. You know, I mean, just imagine what that picture's like, you know? I mean, just imagine what's going on there. It says, then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. And as he did, so there's a step that's taking place to when he reaches down and he begins to help him up. As that guy begins to stand up, look at what it says. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. Now you think about the, the, the ladies a while ago who saw the angel who said, hey, listen, he's not here, but he is alive. It says they were filled with great joy. So think about a, a man who has been crippled his whole life and has been a beggar because he couldn't do anything else. But he's literally, as he's being pulled up, his feet are instantly healed and he's made whole. Can you imagine the, the great joy that guy's got? Have you ever seen where these people can buy glasses now that allow you to see color if you're colorblind. Has anybody ever seen any of the videos of their faces and the joy on their face whenever they get to see a red for the first time? Can you imagine being blind your whole life and Jesus takes some, some spit and some mud and he puts it on your eyes and he tells you to go out and whenever you open your eyes, you can see color, you can see the sun for the first time. You can see your child's face for the first time or your wife's face for the first time or your mom and dad's face for the first time. I've seen children where they'll, they'll get maybe a, an implant uh, and they can hear their mom's voice for the first time. And that little kid's just like, what's going on? So can you imagine being, being picked up and being, being healed instantly to the point of, man, there's excitement. And it, it even records it here. It says he jumped up, he stood on his feet and began to walk. And then walking, leaping and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. How do you hold that back? You don't, right? I mean, when something like that happens to you, man, you can't hold that in. Man, he's, he's walking around. He's like, man, my feet work, man. He's jumping around. He's excited. You know, he's going like, man, I've never been able to do this before. Can you imagine what that was like? And, and here's what I would just say in parallel to that. We have gone from death unto life, and we should be witnesses in the same way. He was a witness of the power of God to heal. We ought to be walking around going, you know what, man, I, have been, I was dead, and now I'm alive. I have been changed and transformed by the power of God, by the power of the resurrection. And we ought to be walking in that way, right? Giving testimony, celebrating. When we worship in here, we ought to be worshiping. Man, we can't get over that. I tell people all the time, man, I got saved when I was 19 and I've never gotten over it. It's changed my life. It changed the whole trajectory of my life. And it'll change yours if you'll allow him. If you focus on Christ, you'll let him, literally, if you give him everything, I promise you, he will change everything for the better. And if there's no change in your life, there may be no Jesus in your life. But everybody is seeing and hearing this guy. It says, when they realized he was the lame beggar that they had seen often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. So can you imagine? They're going, man, we, we've watched Joe lay there, you know, week after week, year after year, 
Man, I mean, how is this, how is this possible? They were astounded. And, and here's what I, I would love to say too. What if people, whenever they looked at your life, they go, how, how are you so different? I mean, I knew you growing up. I know what you were like. And man, I'm just telling you, man, this is Jesus. I had a friend of mine tell me not too long ago, there's a guy that he knows, and uh, he actually, he preached a couple weeks ago. Whew, I'll get choked up talking about it. But John Pierce, who preached about, three, about two or three weeks ago, he said, uh, he said, man, the way I know that there's a, there's a Jesus is because of John Pierce. He said, I knew what he was like before. He said, but not now I know what he's like now. He said, and it's just not the same person. And he said, man, he said, that's how I know that there's a Jesus. And I'm thinking, it should be that way in every one of us that's a believer. That our friends, our family, that they go, you know what? There's something different about them. They're just not the same. And we should have joy. And we should have peace. And we should have confidence. And we should have hope. Confidence in who we are in Christ, right? And that we are, we, we, I mean, people can't explain it. But they just come in. He's not the same. She's not the same. They're different. And every believer ought to be that way. This guy, he was healed, but we have been, we've been redeemed. We have been set free. We've gone from death unto life. And we've been healed. We've been healed of the consequences of sin, right? And so we, everywhere we go, there ought to be testimony. There ought to be testifying. There ought to be, you know, worship taking place. And so when we come in here, man, we're, we're not late getting in here. We can't wait to get in here and worship with the church. We can't wait to gather together and worship and sing songs to the Lord. We're excited about it. And when we get up in the mornings, we start giving thanks to God, you give me another day, another opportunity to give you praise and to, and to tell people about you. And what we do is we become witnesses. We become witnesses of the gospel. It says they all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. I mean, I don't blame him. Hey, this dude just put, you know, he just helped me to walk, right? And so he's holding on to him. He's like, man, these are my new best friends. He's holding on to him. You know, he's so excited. And, and they're literally, everybody's amazed. They're going, this is the same guy. How did this happen? I mean, it's, it's, it's baffling to them. And Peter saw his opportunity. I love this. So Peter, he saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. So not only did he see the opportunity, he seized the opportunity. And he says, people of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made the man walk by our own power or godliness? Now, that's a good indicator right there if it's a man of God or if it's a man milking, milking people. Whenever healing takes place, it's not about them. It is about Jesus and it's about the Father. It is not about some man. It is just saying, hey, listen, I'm just a vessel. And all we are, you, we're, we're just messengers. And we're just beggars that have found the food, telling others where the food is at. And so I love how Peter handles that right there. He said, as far as it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. In other words, God the Father is the one who heals, right? And he did this through Jesus, and he wants Jesus to get all glory, all praise. Man does not get any of that. Our job, we're to be, a, 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 if you will, a mirror reflecting all glory back to the Father. Anything that comes our way, we say, it's only because of the Father. It's only because of Jesus. It says, this is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. He said, hey, listen, this is the same one that you handed over. You rejected this holy, righteous one and instead demanded the release of a murderer, Barabbas, right? And, and, and we, we know that, you know what, man, our sin is what put him on there. He says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are what? Witnesses of this fact. And so there's the witness again. So what kind of witness are you? 
And what kind of witness am I of the power of the resurrection every day, no matter where we go? I got this past week. I, I thought this was pretty good. And uh, so I want to read this to you. It's talking about the Holy Spirit for the believer that's here in the room or the, those of you that are watching online. If you're a believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. But listen to what it says about the Holy Spirit in our life. It says the Holy Spirit is the Father's witness to your heart. It's the evidence. It's the, it's the witness in, in, to our heart. And when you don't know what to do, the Holy Spirit will let you know the Father's will. And he will tell you how to do it. When you have doubts, the Holy Spirit will give you assurance, confidence. Just as a witness must give an accurate testimony, so the Holy Spirit will tell you what the Father expects from you. So the Holy Spirit guides us, sometimes brings conviction, counsels us, and, and, and literally uh, spurs us on. And then listen to this. It says the Holy Spirit is the witness to the Father in heaven for us. It says just as the witness tells uh, what he has heard, so the Holy Spirit will tell all of heaven that he heard you pray to receive Christ. Isn't that cool? Just as a witness tells the court what he has seen, so the Holy Spirit will be your witness and tell the Father that he saw your faithfulness and good works on earth. Just as a witness must tell only what he has seen and, and heard, not adding his opinion to his testimony, so the Holy Spirit will accurately tell everyone all about you. Don't worry about being forgotten or overlooked in heaven. The Holy Spirit is your witness who will testify for you in glory. So the Holy Spirit is going, hey, Father, this is, what I'm, this is what I've seen Mike do. This is what I've seen, you know, Laurie do. This is what I've seen whoever do. And, and, and the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. And he's, he's, he's a witness from the Father to me and a witness from me to the Father. He intercedes for me. He prays for me when I don't even know how to pray. He prays for me with groanings so deep that he's going, you know, Father, just, you know, give this guy this. Give this person that. And so we have this witness within us, which is awesome. So I'm thankful for the boldness that the resurrection gives us as well. So I'm, I'm thankful for the witnesses, but I'm thankful for the boldness because it changed everything about Peter. Do you remember Peter who denied Christ? Do you remember Peter who when some little girl says, aren't you one of those guys? Aren't you one of his followers? He goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And he ends up cursing. He ends up cursing and saying, hey, man, I don't know that blankety blank. And then he runs away when he hears the cock crow three times. And he's humiliated. He's embarrassed. And he realizes he let Jesus down. But this is the same Jesus, right? I mean, this is the same Peter. It's just Jesus and the power of the resurrection has changed everything about Peter. See, the cross, whenever he saw the cross, he was devastated. But whenever he experienced the power of the resurrection, it changed everything about Peter. It says, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? He goes, you know, what, what's the real question here? He says, do you want to know how he was healed? Rhetorical question, like, absolutely they do, right? He, he knows what they want. So let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God, what? Raised from the dead. There's the power of the resurrection. Who you crucified, but you know what? God raised from the dead. So all of us helped put Christ on the cross because of our sin. We talked about that last week. But it's the power of God that resurrected him to life. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So our faith is built on what Christ did on the cross and through the power of the resurrection. So he is the foundation that we build, we build our life on. There is salvation in no one else. God has, God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. So he makes it clear. You know, if you want to know the way, you, if you want to know how he was healed, if you want to know the details, 
is Jesus. It's called the good news, the gospel, right? And so there's no other name. There's no other way. It's not by works, not by deeds. It's by faith and faith alone. And so we've got to understand, you know what, that, that Jesus made it clear that he is the cornerstone. He is the way. And if you're thinking, hey, I mean, I'm going to get to heaven by doing this or doing that, and you think you're going to figure out some other way, you've missed it, and you've missed what the gospel is all about. And so here, here's the good news. There is one way. You don't have to try to figure out a bunch of different ways. You know, it's kind of like if you were to pull out a map, and you go, man, all these different ways, which way do I go? You know, Jesus and Peter and, every, and Paul, they all made it very clear. There's one way, and it's through the person of Jesus Christ, and it's one way. It's by faith, not by works, not by deeds, not by good works. It is by faith in Jesus alone. So I'm thankful for the gospel. I'm thankful for the good news. I'm thankful that God made it simple enough that a child could put his faith in Christ, that a child could say, I want Jesus to live in me. I want Jesus to save me. I, I, I want to I be led by God's spirit. And I, I want to live for Jesus. Man, and I want him to live in my heart. I, I love that. It doesn't matter if you're a child or if you're a senior adult, man, he, he steps into your life. The word gospel literally means good news. And so here's the good news. You all missed it by a mile, God's standard. We, we all did. Every one of us have sinned. We have fallen short of God's glorious standard. That's the bad news, right? But the good news is that Jesus went to the cross to pay for your sins, to bleed out his precious blood, to wash away your sins, to make you whole, to redeem you, to bring you from death unto life, to set you free from the, the bondage of sin, and to set you free from death, to literally that meant it puts a boldness inside of you. And so here's the thing is whenever we are able to look back and we go, you know what, Jesus paid for my sins, then I, I'm, I'm in right standing with God, not because of anything I've done, but because of what he did. But it, it, it gives us a boldness too, right? Because of that boldness, we go, you know what, man, I don't have to fear death. When I breathe my last here, I will breathe my first in heaven. And so I'm not afraid of death, and so nobody's going to hold that over my head. And I'm not, a, I'm not a slave to sin anymore. I've been set free. And so I can, I can walk in freedom. And so, therefore, I'm going to be a, a witness for Christ. I'm going to be a light in this dark world. And, I, you know, I'm not going to let anybody hold me back, kind of like the guy who was dancing and celebrating before the Lord. You know what? That's good news. Jesus has paid for my sin. He has made me right with God. And I need to tell other people who have not heard that good news how they can experience that same thing. And you know what that becomes? I become a witness for him. And Jesus said we'll be his witnesses from here to the ends of the earth, to everywhere we go. We're to tell our family, our friends, our coworkers, you know, no matter who we meet, we tell them the good news of Christ. Good news occurs like 93 times in the Bible. He wants us to get that, right? He wants us to get that it's good news. So look at this here. It says, for I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and then also the Gentile. And so Paul is making it clear here as he writes to the church at Rome. He said, man, I'm unashamed of the gospel. There was a time whenever he was trying to stop this message. And now he says, man, I'm unashamed of the gospel. I'm willing to tell anybody and everybody about Jesus. And so what if all of us, what if every one of us in this room, everybody that's watching online, what if we develop that same heart, that same passion, that same mentality, say, you know what, I'm unashamed of the gospel. I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. And I want to tell them how they can be made right with God by faith in Jesus alone. What if it would change our, our community, right? It would change everything around us. It would change our families. It would change marriages. It would change it all. And so Paul says, man, I'm unashamed of the gospel. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. And this is accomplished from start to finish by what? 
faith. Faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And that life is not just in this life, that life is eternal. That life is eternal. And so death can't be held over our heads because we know that we will, we will be with Jesus in heaven for eternity. And so this, we're just passing through this world. 1 Corinthians says this, let, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, he's talking to the church, of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still stand firm in it. He's writing to the church, he's saying, listen, you heard the gospel. Stand firm in it. You still stand firm. And I'm saying to us as a church, stand firm in the gospel, the good news. Don't be swayed. Don't let the, the, don't let the enemy tell you lies. Don't let him tell you there's something else. There's another. You know, you know what? God's word is what lasts forever. Two things last forever. The souls of men in a place called heaven or a place called hell and the word of God. Those are the only two things that last forever. And so we need to know where we're going to spend that eternity. And God's word has made it clear. There's one way. It's through the person of Christ. It is the good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. And what he said, hey, listen. He said, if you believe in something that wasn't true, you've missed it by a mile. But if you believe in the truth of the gospel, it's salvation. It's for salvation for all who believe. So next steps for me today. Maybe this is you. I will choose to be grateful and thankful for God's good news. So maybe, you know, you just say, you know what, God... I am thankful that the gospel is simple. God, I am thankful that you've saved me. God, I'm thankful that you've made me a messenger. God, I'm thankful that you trust me with the message of the gospel. God, I'm thankful that I get to gather with the church and I get to worship you in truth and in spirit. And we choose to have an attitude of gratitude. And man, we're excited that we get to be a part of what God is doing. We get to invest in the, the, the message of the gospel going all over the world. The big give offering that we're talking about in just a couple of weeks. All of that money, every bit of that, 100% of that goes towards missions. And what the mission is, is to share the good news anywhere and everywhere. In the first service, we had a pastor here that was from uh, up in Alaska. And we were talking about what God is doing in Alaska. And we, we, we want to take a team up there to help him share the what? The good news, the gospel. We want to do everything we can to make a difference in the lives of people here in our community and to the ends of the earth. That's what Jesus has commissioned us to do and called us to do. And so it's up to you. Will you choose to be grateful and thankful, not just today, but tomorrow and the next day? And even whenever adversity comes against you, you go, you know what? I choose to focus on what God is doing and what God has done. And I'm going to choose to give thanks. I'm going to choose to give thanks in, in, in the face of the storm. And I will choose to surrender my life and receive salvation by faith in Jesus. Maybe there's somebody here in the room or maybe there's somebody watching online that you've never put your faith in Jesus for salvation. Maybe you thought, well, maybe if I'll just do enough good things, he'll let me in. And you found out today that that's not how that works. Maybe today you realize, you know what, man, I want to be saved. I want to be a part of the family of God. I, I want Jesus to fill me with his spirit. And I want to experience resurrection power today, right now. And if that's you, then here's the thing. Man, we, we will celebrate with you, but all of heaven celebrates if one calls on the name of Christ. Last week in this room, there were two people that raised their hand for salvation. And man, we love to celebrate that. Maybe you're online. If that's you, you can get down by your, by your couch or your coffee table. You can pray the same prayer. 
But Jesus died that you might live and live abundantly and live boldly and be a bold witness. Let's pray. Maybe you're here in this room. You've never put your faith in Christ for salvation. You may be churched. You may even be religious. But that won't get you into heaven. That won't get you into a right relationship with God the Father. It's only by faith in what Jesus has done. It's only by faith in Jesus on the cross and Jesus through the power of the resurrection. Believing it all. Believing what he said. Believing his teaching. So maybe you're here today and you realize today is the day of salvation for you. And you want to put your faith in Christ. And so I want to give you an opportunity. Just right where you're at. If you're watching online, you can do the same thing. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't believe that anybody gets there except by putting their faith in you. And so Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you come into my heart? Will you be my Lord? Will you be my leader? Will you save me? His answer is yes. He said that as he was nailed to the cross for you. And as he was resurrected out of a, out of a grave, he defeated death, sin, and hell to offer to you eternal life. So he's already said yes about as loud as he can say it. So if you will, just say, God, I want to surrender to you. Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you. Will you come and live in me? And change me. And his answer again is yes. He will seal you with his Holy Spirit to lead you, to guide you, to pray for you, to comfort you, and to be a witness of his presence. If you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, if you would just raise your hand. Nobody else is looking, just me. Just raise your hand and say, Mike, I just prayed that prayer. Anybody in the room? I see your hand right up here. If if you believe that with all of your heart, you're you're his child you're part of his family welcome home welcome to the family of God anybody else anybody else back over here man hey just know that if that if that's from your heart you're his child you're adopted into his family welcome to the family of God welcome your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in the blood of Christ never to be erased now here's the thing be a witness for it Tell somebody today what he's done for you. Tell somebody today that he saved you. He's brought you from death into life. And for every believer in this room, I would say the same thing to you. Tell somebody today that he saved you. Tell somebody today that he's changed you. Tell somebody today that, you know what, the power of the resurrection is at work inside of you. And that you're not ashamed of the gospel. You're not ashamed of the cross of Christ. But you're just going to boast in it. You're going to brag about what Jesus has done. And make it about him and not you today. In just a minute, our worship team is going to lead us in a song. Our prayer team will be here at the front. And there may be some of you that you need to just go lay some things down. Maybe you just need to get on your knees and give thanks. Just say, God, I want to thank you for saving me. And God, I want to ask you to forgive me for not telling more people about it. Whatever it might be, that I trust the Holy Spirit to work in you. Father, I thank you for meeting with us today. God, I thank you for loving us, redeeming us, saving us. God, empowering us, God, changing us, transforming us, and God, using us as your messenger. God, thank you that you trust me with the gospel. You trust me with your good news. God, you trust every believer with the message of the gospel, with the good news. God, help us to be bold witnesses for you. 
God, let us tell people what we've seen you do and give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. If everybody would, stand. You respond as the Holy Spirit leads you. The altar is open. There may be some things you need to lay down. If you prayed to receive Christ today, we want to know. Worship team, come and lead us.